0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Feeding Grain podcast and thank you for listening. My name is Stephen Kilger, Managing Editor of Feeding and Grain and your host today. We have a slightly different kind of show for you today. This recording is actually one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I'm talking with Doug McDowell, owner of Soulcraft Construction, a company out of Meridian, Idaho, about a unique malting facility they built for Montana Craft Malt. Unfortunately, when we wrote the article about montana craft malt a criminally small amount of this interview made it into the article i wrote so i figured it would be a great time to dust this interview off and dive back into one of the most interesting facilities i've ever had the privilege of covering before we get into that conversation though if you're listening to this in a podcast app subscribe and leave a review if you're able if you're listening to this online please make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter industry watch for the latest episodes and thank you again for listening on to my conversation with Doug.
1: To start, why don't you tell me a little
2: more about the company? I guess Soulcraft, I've been dealing in the feed, seed, and fertilizer industry for 36 years now. And Soulcraft's been around since March 3rd of 2017. But I had another company previously that been in this business for quite some time. I grew up farming and ranching, so I had a good background on what we do here. And I kind of fell in love with the grain handling. And processing facilities. So Soulcraft, basically, that's what it was designed as was something we could go in and service the Northwest in the feed, seed, and fertilizer industry. Um, we also have an equipment sales division, which we handle a lot of sheep Industries, and you know everybody that pretty well got thrown on on the site there. But um, you know, Chief's been very very good to me over the years. And they're a good company to work with. And uh, we've also got a machine shop, which is a roll corrugating shop that we handle uh, recorrugating and sales of new feed rolls and also into the flower industry. We deal quite a bit across the western U.S. We're looking to get into the Midwest and the eastern portion of the U.S. as far as all of our um, roll corrugating facilities and stuff so we're, we're diversified but we're still pretty well tied up in the ag industry
1: very cool so why don't you go into how you got connected with montana Crafts bolting and go over the job with me okay
2: well to start off with chief industries was kind of involved in the preliminary part of the state engineering firm chief in uh, montana craft Ron Hewlin had an engineering firm out of Canada design the first go around. It came in, you know. I chief contacted me, asked me if I was, you know, able to handle this, and I told him yes, I'd be very interested in it. And so we went through and bid it the way that they had it designed originally. And it was they weren't very versed at grain handling. It came in extremely high. And so with Chief's blessing, I reached back out to Ron and let him know there's other ways to do this. I really like looking and working outside the box. If we do the same thing that everybody in this industry does day in and day out, we're going to get the same result. So I like looking outside the box and still achieve the end goal, but be able to do it a little different than everybody else. And so that's kind of what has made us uh, successful is by doing those things. So I had reached out to Ron and asked him if I could present a different way of doing this that would save him a lot of money. And obviously he was very open. So with utilizing Chief Industries for their elevators and towers, catwalks, and superstructures, we went through and did that. But I also introduced Meridian Vans back to manufacturing because we had to set it up on basically the same lines as a seed facility so that, you know, we we could have total clean out. There was no contamination. There was no cross-contamination. They were getting exactly what they were putting in was coming out the other end. So that's why I designed it to look more like a seed facility because that's what we had to achieve. When, after I'd met with Ron and everything on that, he was very open to it and he introduced me to a gentleman by the name of Jason Myers. Super good guy. He's been with ADM, everything else, and him and I basically worked together, and him and I were liaisons to Ron, and so we basically designed on the fly all of that system, that grain handling system, up to the malt plant, and then we took it from the kiln and brought it out from there, but for the most part you know ron was he he had enough vision and understanding in the grain industry that he understood that what we were proposing would definitely fit his budget and it would get him in there we had to work on some pretty tight budget constraints and you know and that that's how it is nobody gets an open checkbook on these things but i tried to give them the very best we could with you know with that budget in mind i didn't ever know what that number was You know, if I was a little high, Ron would let me know that, hey, you know, or Jason, either one would let me know, we got to chop this much out. So there's a lot of stuff. If you went in and really critiqued that facility, it may not be up to par as far as what today's standards are. There's things that we can add in as they grow and they move because it it had
1: we had to get it off the ground. And that's what we ended up doing. Well, that's part of the thing is uh, we really want to start focusing on, um, you know, unique, uh, not as large. Not everyone can spend $30 million on a new female or whatever, you know. Exactly. Well, our industry has room for all
2: levels of players.
1: Exactly.
2: So. And that's, you know, it's not that we can't design, you know, that $30 million facility. Yeah. But for the most part, we want to give them, you know, the, the best bang for their buck. I mean, yeah, the, the first design would have been awesome, but it wasn't very logical. So that's where, you know, we got to use some, some logic in this thing to be able to get what they want and get a long-term facility, something that's easily maintained. And that's, you know, kind of what we like looking into is being able to maintain these because that's a part of our business that we do. But I don't want to give them something that they have to work on
1: every day. You know, I want to have a little bit of industrial strength to it. Yeah, excellent. Um, so uh, they told me a little bit, uh, you guys seem to have some uh, some trouble during you know construction, and it happens to every project. But I hear you guys got hit with some weather and some all kinds of issues. Uh, uh, so you mind going through the construction process with me? Yeah, no. It,
2: actually, it, it really wasn't that bad you know, on our part of it. Yeah. Uh, we we did get in into it um, when we started out, you know that that year we got in there we got the tank set, but yeah, winter in butte can be a little interesting, you know. It's I've dealt with winters like that before, but it, it does it brings different aspects to your project. It slows it up a little bit, but all in all, you know, we were ahead of the eight ball going into the deal. Obviously, when Ron died. Things really shifted gears and we had to readjust. And then by the time we got back in, then we ended up being, you know, on the same line, timeline as everybody else at that point. But um, basically, you know, they never did wait on us for any of that project, basically. But um, as far as, you know, troubles and stuff like that, yeah, most of it's going to be weather, um, timing with other portions of that you know like the oh shoot the the malting building itself the items in the malting building basically there was a lot of that that you know they had issues with coming from china and you know there was just different aspects that we had really throttle back and then jump back into but i think that uh, they did a very good job of you know handling all of that working through it um, We was able to provide through Chief the superstructures that they needed inside that building that China didn't provide and so uh, Chief jumped in we you know we handled putting all that in there for them and you know it it was kind of a retro fit but it it worked I mean you know he's able to make it work for them and that's really where the timeline came in there was trying to get something designed to fit what they had to have in there because of the vessels and everything that was already designed, we kinda we had to do a reverse engineering to get back in there on that side of it. So there was some um, I guess trying moments at that on that portion of it. But as far as the rest of the grain handling, it was it was pretty day to day.
1: Let's get into weeds. Let's get into those nitty-gritty details about um <laughs> Uh, normally how I like to go as I write an article is, um, from when grain comes in till the final, um, product comes out. So there's that big chunk in the middle that's kind of their side of it. It's molting tanks and all that stuff that I, I had to learn about molting because I had no idea how any of it (laughs) worked. Um, so, uh, they, uh, they get most of their grain from trucks. So what happens when a, the truck kind of pulls in.
2: Basically what we did, again, you know, we set this thing up on a seat facility basis. Um, What we did is they didn't want any um, receiving pits. And so a temporary setup, we used the back row pit stops. It's an above ground drive over belt conveyor, you know, we can unload uh, belly dumps or in dump trucks. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: so when it comes in, it comes through the receiving leg, into the 14-bin holding structure with the dirty bins. We will take that product from there and run back up the receiving leg across the conveyor that goes into the malt building. Malting process takes place at that point. We pick it back up at the kiln. We take it from the kiln and then it's, it's already cooling down. It's pretty cool. We'll take it back across, run it through our uh, clipper de plumers and then we run it through a KIS aspirator to remove all the rootlets and everything. And then from there, it goes up into one of the 24-bin storage units, which it will set there up to, you know, a month or so. And then we can pull it back out, run it over to one of our surge bins for the bagging. We can either coat, we we've got a, a Gem International system in there, which we can fill boats, we can bag, or we can run it out into a bulk truck. Okay. So everything is weighed out and you know gone through there. There's a few processes there that we could add in, and we've talked about adding. Um, yeah. But if it's, if for the startup, you know, it is what it is. It was a dollar number. So basically that is the system in a nutshell. What we've got up on top of these things, up on top of the bins and everything is with the backflow conveyors being piggybacked it allows me to you know, handle that and be able to get that consistency with no um, cross contamination and everything else. We can go from bin to bin and isolate it. Uh, if Things changed. I would probably, instead of doing that, that's kind of a little bit of a costly way to do it. But it was as for Ron's uh, request that we do it as a seed house. So if I was to go back in and redo it, it would have cheap conveyors, a chain conveyor up there because they they do a better job handling product and sure. it's last a lot longer. But that's that's why I didn't do a cheap. Conveyor, and I did the backos because it was the most cost-effective way in order to do that for us. So each bin gets completely cleaned out, right? Yes. Are they all gravity fed then, or how does? Yeah, all the bins. What we do is, we you know, when we come out of the receiver, it'll run through the backo conveyors up on top, fill the bin. When it comes out of the bin, then we hit some backo conveyors coming off the bottom that is regulated with a actuator gate at the bottom to where the product will run back through and whether we're running into the bagging system or if we're running into the malting system all the bins run exactly the same way and so it's it's basically a pretty simple design and a lot of the parts are you know you can use any of the back or components on any of them they're all the same size Likewise, with the elevators and everything else, we try to keep it to where it was user-friendly or maintenance-friendly, where you didn't have that mouse-a-ton of parts. You could have a few that would fit anywhere.
1: Well, those are all the questions I have for you. Um you think anything else you think I should know? Like I say, just, you know, basically hitting,
2: making sure that, you know, Chief Industries, Meridian, back, all these guys get recognized because they played a huge part in it. They provided okay. Top quality equipment for something that turned out very well.
1: You know? Yeah, we will make sure to do that. Uh, we have good relations with all those companies, and we want to make sure that you know they're getting the recognition they deserve. Exactly. Exactly. You know, all I do is put
2: the parts together and dream up some wild, crazy way to do it. But you know,
1: they do all play a huge part in this, and I'm very thankful to all of them. Well. I am gonna let you go then. Um, you have yourself a oh, great rest of the
2: week. Good weekend. I will. I will. You do the same, sir, and I appreciate your time. And like I say, if there's anything you need from me, please let me know. All right. I will talk
1: to you soon, Doug. Alrighty. Right. Thank you, Steven. Yeah. Bye.